0: The Red Raider Outfitter rockin' pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard sports director Sean Dillon. And host of The Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right, welcome to Friday. I, for one, am... Pretty pumped that it's Friday. Anybody else <laughs> excited that it's Friday? Absolutely. Pete,
1: it's good to have you back, by good the way. We missed you last week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I missed being here. You
0: all right? Yeah, I'm great now. Are you at full strength? I'm um, 96%. Listen, I'm just telling you, a uh, even a non-full strength Pete well, is better than a full strength most people. So,
1: I just didn't want anybody to get sick in case i
0: was sick but i was not sick okay well that's good yes. glad you're hundred uh, percent well yeah. 96 anyway, percent yeah that's that's that's, that's all, all right. good can
2: you beat a 96 percent, pete <laughs> i can't i don't know <laughs> i can't i can't
0: you can beat a 300 percent, pete jared how are you this fine friday
2: terrific all right nice. i'm great man nice. we got march madness just around the corner um yeah which is one of my favorite times of year
0: right Do you know this is also the these next couple of weeks uh vasectomies are always uh there's always a rise in vasectomies this time of year How does one come about that knowledge? You know what? Guys want to get vasectomies this time of year. If you're going to have to get one, and let's face it, no guy really ultimately wants to be cutting around the delegates there. But if you're gonna have to, for whatever reason, it's a good week to do it because you can sit home and recuperate and watch the games. Oh, and, and so I, was, I, was I didn't know where you were going with you that. Know, you decided okay. randomly pull that up. No, that makes sense.
2: It, but no, still, it, the said, question remains: How did you find out? How did you come about this uh, Listen, knowledge?
0: It, it's it's what I do. I mean, it's just <laughs> a, my every day. My life is consumed with knowing stupid stuff. It's like it's like. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Yes, you know Tyrion is like you know I I drink drink and you know things I know things you know yeah that's that's kind of it I drink and I know things so
2: you know speaking of I bet you'd be uh, fun to go to the bar with you have all these little little quick stories quick jokes nuggets nuggets of of information yeah that's right (laughs) awesome yeah
0: no well let's go Friday let's do it (laughs) I'm ready let's do it right now let's roll some music okay Um, one thing before we get started here I would like to say since you're listening to the rock and pregame today. You get uh, the first uh, knowledge here. But uh, coming up on 101.1 The Beard, uh, here in about a week or so, we're going to give you a chance to win Billy Madison's money. It's our new morning show. If you haven't checked out Billy Madison yet, do that in the mornings. And uh, he's opening up his wallet. hes They say, like, when you, you're trying to find friends, the best way is to buy your friends. Really? you know, It doesn't hurt.
2: It doesn't hurt at all.
0: So uh, Billy has agreed to open up his wallet, and uh, he's giving away his money. So it's uh, we're going to give you a chance to win Billy Madison's money. Coming up here in about a week and uh like a thousand dollars a day i mean that's that's pretty awesome now that 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 right there makes me want to be billy's friend honestly a thousand bucks he's a cool guy but a thousand bucks i'll be friends with almost anybody for a thousand bucks so call us if you you know if you need friends thousand i mean he's a lot cooler handing out a thousand dollars there's no doubt <laughs> that's exactly right all right um so uh well we start with a and reality check here on the uh, rockin pregame i guess uh Starting off, obviously the, the the freshest thing on everybody's mind would be the game last night. It didn't turn out the way Tech fans wanted, but you know it was close. They fought there when they got to, uh, when Tech went up by about ten there in the second half, and man, it was just rolling. And it felt you could just feel it. It was like, boy, this is they're 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 going to kill them, and they just couldn't couldn't hold on. That, that was a little disappointing, but I knew going into it beating a team as talented as Texas three times in one season. That that's just, you know, it's hard, I man. It's almost unheard of. So I wasn't surprised. It's
2: really hard when you only shoot 60% from the line, miss yeah. a bunch of layups, uh, don't score in the final four minutes of both the right. first and the second half. Uh, yeah, and then, like you said, all the other stuff that goes with it. Um,
0: yeah, it makes it really hard to beat a team like Texas. What do you make of last night with uh, McClung and, and Edwards struggling so much? Was it a product of Texas defense just shutting those guys down, or was it just they just weren't? They just didn't have. I mean, it you want to
2: give Texas some credit for sure. I yeah. mean, you know McClung is atop the the strategy. You know mm. the 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 list for opposing teams when they when they play Tech, but he missed some shots he should have made. Yeah. He made some really bad turnovers that were
0: unforced. He looked like he got a little frantic at times.
2: Yeah, he was so bad that obviously you know he was benched in the right. second to start the second half, um, which I thought was a really ballsy decision, Pete. I don't know about <laughs> you. I was like <laughs> right. I mean, just be one thing, like we're saying like we say it, you know, right, like right inside the Red Raiders, are like, you know, in the game theory, all the fans were like, bench McClung and I was like, Yeah, right. that'll happen. Right. But then he didn't then he actually did it. I was like, Oh my God this, Right. Man, Beer really uh he has he has very uh He's brave. He's not scared right. of anything. Let's put it that way. I Just because there's so many ramifications, you could lose your team, in, you know, right. potentially with that Uh recruiting ramifications right. from benching your star like that. But yeah, he fear
1: the beard. Beard is fearless. Yeah. He really yeah. is. Yeah. What did that, that shock you last night when that happened? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, I didn't expect. You know, I don't put a lot of weight in the in the Big Twelve tournament championship, whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, now. There's no wiggle room. You got the tournament coming up. The tournament.
0: Yeah. Is Much Tech a 5 seed, do you think? Five or six. Yeah. 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 I always figure do you, do you not care about the Big 12 tournament if you don't win it? And then you just, it's sour grapes. Ah, we didn't care about that anyway. We've got our sights no, set on something else. I truly I mean, don't. Do you really I, not I truly care?
2: think I, I personally don't care. Yeah. Like From a fans' perspective, just watching it, do I right. enjoy it? Yes. But right. in terms right. of like your team. No, I mean let's let's put it in perspective. If Tech had won the Big Twelve tournament, right, but lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, I consider this season a failure.
3: Right. But
2: if they lost last night, now if they go on to the Sweet Sixteen, I consider this season a success. That's how much it's weighed in my mind. Mm-hmm. That's how much I believe it's weighed in fans' mind. There's a big portion of college basketball fans that aren't even watching these conference tournaments. Right. They really only watch March Madness. I yeah. mean, so I, I just I feel like. Um, it's it's not that big a deal. it would have been nice. They obviously were playing to win. They played really hard. I mean, it's Texas. You always want to be Texas. I'm All not right. saying they didn't try hard. I'm just saying, is it a big deal?
0: Nah. See, I always think that, because I, I remember, you think back on the days when uh, the years where Texas Tech wasn't great at basketball, mm-hmm. and they the only way they were going to get right. into the NCAA tournament is if they won the Big 12 tournament, or, or the Southwest Conference tournament even back in the day. But yeah, that was when you're really the tournament really meant something because you're trying to get into the big dance. Well, your but season was to,
2: over you know, with a loss, basically. Right, unless yeah. you're going to the NIT, which who cares, and anyways? Who ca- yeah, yeah, that's
0: the ultimate. Who cares? So, there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a much bigger deal. Now, my immediate, immediate thought was, oh man, tough loss. Jeez. Yeah. On to the NCAA tournament, like oh right. well, you know yeah. who cares? Let's
0: selection Sunday. Let's see, you know what the matchups are going to be. Yeah. Do you think? Tech has a better, really, in, in all this for the Big Twelve. The, the the battles that the Big Twelve has been through this year, every single game, it seems like is just a a grind. You know, I mean, they're all these close games. So does that favor the Big Twelve heading into the NCAA tournament? Well, yeah. Put it in perspective for Texas Tech, games, yeah. y'all.
2: Tech has Tech lost to a team outside the top fifteen.
0: And
1: I think six I don't think their they have yeah. by three points or less. Right, I and mean, even yeah. the, right the, there. the
2: loss out of conference was to Houston, which is right. a dang good team. You know, that's a yeah. top ten team basically. So, I mean, you look at it. Tech is battle hardened. The whole iron sharpens iron and all that. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm. I think they're they're ready to roll. And the whole Big Twelve, that top seven teams, those top seven. We'll teams. get
0: into more of this throughout the show, but yeah, just uh, now that we're talking about it, you know, you just get going on. But it's just like you know Gonzaga, obviously a very great team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're that's very right. skilled, very talented. But you know, people argue that you know they're not really in the in battles every game. It seems like they win just about every game by fifteen or twenty points. Because right. that conference, they're clearly good. They're very talented. But how does that hurt them when it comes to tournament time, where every single game you're playing teams that have just been through the, you know, been through the ringer with it? Is that is that I mean, a disadvantage? If you get
2: for them? It, it will it will bite you. I mean, that's why Coach Beard's always saying, you know, keep your chip, stay uncomfortable. All those things. He comes up with a new slogan every year, basically <laughs> to not get complacent. You yeah. know, so yeah. it's hard to get complacent. in The Big Twelve I and mean, every game is. A, yeah, know, I hate to, everybody keeps saying this, but it is like a fight every every game. Uh, you're playing a ranked opponent, a very good opponent, uh, almost game in and game out, and that's just not the case for Gonzaga, but. They are really talented. I don't think they're overrated
0: or anything. Okay. They're really really good. So I was wondering, you know, what what you said about that. Hey, uh,
1: reality check for me is uh, I'm going to pause for the cause. Uh, One year ago right now, Mm. I was on the court at the Sprint Center, and they canceled the Texas Tech-Texas game. So we have gone through a COVID-feared year, uh, 365
0: days. And think back on that. You know, because yeah. I we're was talking about this on my my other job on, you know, K Triple L this morning. We were talking about that how a year ago, when I mean, the thing that made the biggest impact on me in the moment, you know, because it was, you know, Tom Hanks announced he had COVID right. yeah, it was yet, yesterday, a year ago, and I think the NBA suspended the season. But it was the moment, that moment right there, when the NCAA was announced, you know, not going to have the tournament, right. Tech walked off the court there. That was the moment where I was like, this is wow, real. this is real. Yeah, yeah this is well, real. But man. I remember
1: I said, "Well, they're going to play March Madness. That'd be insane." And then when they did, and that's when I was like, "I remember that first day when they were talking. I never even had heard of COVID till I got to Kansas City. I'd never right. heard a lick about it.
0: I don't want to hear it again. Don't yeah, say I lick don't. because that's how you can get COVID. So don't. Yeah, be careful." And Is that right? Well, you lick something, you could get COVID. Oh, yeah. I mean, or not to mention I a mean, ton of other stuff, too. But it just, you know. Jeff's turning red, just so y'all can't see it. It's a rare, rare occasion here. All right, so uh, coming up next, let's get to, uh, right into some recruiting, man. That's always one of the most exciting things to talk about, see what's going on with Texas Tech uh, recruiting, specifically football. And uh, we'll uh, talk about, I guess, running backs. we got some news there. And uh, we'll get to that. And then, um, uh, coming up a little bit later, uh, some more recruiting, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's a lot of lot, lot of stuff to uh, unpack there. We've got a uh, new Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. And this is the time you want to be listening for our Rocketologists, Eric Hasselman, Michael Hunter. These guys are experts in college basketball. And let's face it, we're all about to be spending a lot of time filling out a bracket here come Sunday evening. So you don't want to miss that segment. Coming up later on here...
3: The Red Raiders. recruiting. All
0: right, we're going to start with uh, running backs today, and uh, the running back room at Texas Tech really is probably one of the one of the better areas of it the is. team. I mean, really, that's it,
2: pretty strong, and they did a great job of. Fixing up that room, fixing adding to that position because this time last year it was a major question for us. Remember, we were like, "Who's going to be the running back?" They got Sir Roderick, and do they have another running back like a scholar, Like that was the
0: question. They don't have a scholarship Cause running him, back because then, after it was it Tejon Henry had left. Yeah, and, he left to Houston, which you'll see him in right, the opener. Right, you know, yeah.
2: so uh, yeah, he left because I think he wanted more reps. But Sir Roderick was better. Sorry, you know, right. not sorry. Okay, you yeah.
0: Know? See, I, that's why I always amazed at the guys that. You know, I mean I look I get wanting to play and everybody wants to play and all that. But sometimes it seems like it's it's become so easy for guys to just go, Well, okay, I'm gonna leave. Yes. You know, and, and look, I you don't fault anybody for doing what I mean, make your decisions, that's cool. But it does seem like sometimes, you know, there there's a lack of wanting to well fine, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna work my butt yeah. off and I'm gonna be the guy, you know, and it makes everybody yeah. better, but they just bolt, you know. So
2: yeah, and you know, and everyone always feels like, oh no, what's going to happen? But right. then look, Tech added Chadarius Townsend, former former four star guy from Alabama. Yeah, uh, they move Xavier White from. Hey, in- by the way, is he back? Yes, or, okay. he's back. Okay, they're all back. That's that's okay. the thing is like yeah. Townsend's back, and you know, he's a guy that like I wish we could have seen him more. You know, he was either hurt or or unavailable for one reason or another. Um, you know, nothing in terms of grades or anything discipline, nothing like that. But I am right. just saying, uh, without being Giving away too much of his his business, you know what right, I mean. Right. Uh, either either he was hurt or unavailable at times throughout that crazy COVID season last year, uh, and he didn't. We didn't really get to see him a lot. And but he came in with a reputation for being a you know straight line speed guy, and he had bit, played receiver at Alabama, uh, former four star guy. But he was really good between the tackles. Yeah. He's a back foot plant and get up field kind of guy. Which you know those are the running backs I really like. Uh, yeah. So. Him, Sir so Roderick, is in my mind, he's one of the top three or four running backs in the conference.
0: See, that's what I was going to ask you that because, yeah. you know, when you see, because I think, you know, maybe we get to it here in a little bit, but just it's like the two of the strengths of the team right now running backs and linebackers. Yeah. And, and I'm like, are these like strengths when you compare to other teams in the conference or are these strengths compared to? Texas Tech in the past. I mean, you
2: know what? I'll say this. with Sir, In Sir Roderick's case, he would play for every team in the Big 12. Like UT and OU, he would mm-hmm. play. I'm not saying okay. he would start, right. Iowa State, but he would play. There's okay. No way he's not playing. That's what I'm talking they about. They would want yeah. him, you know? Okay. Uh, he's one of the most explosive players in the Big 12. He's probably, him and EZ, the receiver, um, are probably your two most explosive players, proven players right now on, on your team. The only thing with Sir Roderick is can he stay healthy? You know, he gets banged up, and that's just kind of part of playing running back, too, but. He if he's if he's unavailable then he can't produce those explosive plays. But each of the last two years he's read he's led the uh, you know he's been the leading running back in terms of rushing yardage for Tech and uh, you know he's produced some really explosive plays and some good games. I mean you think about that long run against Texas he had mm-hmm. where you thought the game was over was like seventy five yarder. You, you know he had had some other like really explosive plays throughout the year and I just he's he's better than I was expecting. He's yeah. he's, a, he's uh, your bell cow, one of the best players on your team. He's an all-Big 12 caliber player. And then you have, like I said, Townsend, Xavier White, who if he could just learn to avoid some hits, right. you know, like, yeah. uh, he was actually very productive. But, man, he took some big hits. You can't – you're not going to stay on the field getting hit like that. I right. mean, I, just, yeah. you know, I, mean I,
0: I respect guys that will take those hits – but it's a skill. It's a running just, back skill. Yeah, he runs yeah. very upright,
2: which is okay as long as you have the vision and the ability to wiggle at the end. It's mm-hmm. not you can't take those direct hits from power right. five. Even the Big Twelve who doesn't have right. the rep on defense, those DBs and linebackers will light you up.
0: There's I don't think anybody listening would like to go out and take one of those hits. No,
2: no. We're like the water boy take <laughs> a running star uh, that is the No. Okay.
0: All right. All right. So uh, you know,
2: and then there's Tosh Brooks, who, I mean, he put the team on his back in that West Virginia win. Mm. You know? Yeah. Where he carried you know, he got picked up first down after first down, and uh he's a guy I think he's gonna make a big jump from true freshman year to sophomore year. He's uh for everything I've heard, um, this he's had a really good offseason, put on some really good weight, and I really like him. Then you have Cameron Valdez. One of the top rated guys in the state of Texas for the two thousand twenty one class coming in either May or June. Uh, and Coach Wells has already said, look, he's gonna have opportunity to play, even though it's already a crowded running back room. So right. running back went from being like Sir Roderick and who else to wow, it's loaded. You know, I hope they run some two two back sets. Yeah. Uh, and really get creative with getting all these playmakers the ball.
0: Yeah, that that that'll be <clears throat> it's funny how the running back room kinda went the same way as like quarterbacks where you're sitting and going, Gosh, you'll yes. quarterbacks, man. And all of a sudden now you got a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> they're like a year later
2: in the in the exact same scenario. Where we're like, uh, right. h- what do they have? And then like, wow, that's some I bet like a year from now, imagine Shuck, Baron Morton, Donovan Smith, you know, like right. you know, all hopefully all of them with some seasoning here. Uh you're like, Man, mm-hmm. they are pretty stacked. I hope who's gonna transfer? I hope they can hold on to these guys. Right. You know, be that yeah. kind of
0: conversation. And you know something like that'll oh, probably yeah. happen. It's just the way it is it these is. days. But um, can't take it personally. No, nope, you know? <laughs> that's just like you said. It's
2: it's it's easier than ever to uh, just pack up and leave instead of compete. Right. But I think some of these guys, the Donovan Smith obviously, his dad's on the staff. I know we're talking mm-hmm. running backs, but and then uh, Baron Morton is the kind of guy who doesn't run from a fight, you know. Right. So right. and he's son of a coach too. Yeah. So and Tyler Shuck seems like he's he's coming in to to play, you know, not to right. Uh, to take off. That was a unique situation that he left from, from Oregon, mm. too, oh, by the way. Right. So and then well, going yeah, so back, running
0: backs, just like some guys we've talked about, guys that are in the room now, just yes. as far as who's – Yeah, who's you know, there's some, some
2: recent offers to 2000 class of 2022 running backs. Um, Bryson Donnell, um, you know, neither one of these guys do I feel like, oh, uh, is Tech definitely going to land? Tech doesn't have a commitment for this 2022 class. We're going to talk about that more next segment. They're the only team in the Big Twelve who doesn't have a commitment in this class. Uh, like I said, we'll get to that next. Yeah, segment. we need but to
0: talk about that. We do. That's we, concerning. We, we
2: can't. <laughs> we can't avoid that uh, elephant in the room. But you know, they're they're sending offers out. They have over. Uh, they have ninety three offers out. And these two running backs, Bryson uh, and De- DeAnthony Green. From what I've gathered from them, and recruits always say nice things. You know, like I'm, right. I'm I cover Texas Tech, so you know. But I don't feel like they're close to committing or anything. They like them. They like the staff, but both these guys, like, I mean, Green has offers from Baylor, Colorado, Iowa State, Minnesota. Uh, He has several power five offers, you know. Um, He's a 5'10", 198-pound running back uh, from Newton. Uh, You know, I I hope they can continue to develop the relationship with him, but I'm not ready to say, oh, Tech's about to land a running back. They have offers out there. These are the two most recent ones. Uh, You know, Bryson Donnell, he's from Tyler. He's from Tyler Legacy. We used to know it as Tyler Lee. Okay, they had to change uh, their name.
0: Was oh, that because it was named Robert Lee? Yeah, that, Robert oh, yeah, Lee. we yeah, can't right. have that. I know, these days. I, I know. Pull out a
2: statue. I was <throat> hesitant to bring that up because I knew. <laughs> you <laughs> you know Jeff, me well, don't you? Yes, yeah, right. but he Fine. has a dozen offers. You know, Colorado, Houston, Kansas, th- those types. So he has other options as well. Um, both these offers came like earlier this earlier this month. So, I mean, it just see. I know it's not late, but it's. Later than some of these other teams that have been right. recruiting them. So,
0: what if Tech doesn't get? I mean, what they didn't get a running back recruit in this class is that is that disaster? Is that a problem? They should you, get, you get a running of, back. You got I, a lot of guys, but
2: you should get a running back every cycle, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but you know, so, like none of these guys, I, I think I don't think there's a senior on the team. So, yeah. I mean, all the guys in your room right now could come back. And then Valdez isn't even on campus yet. Right. I really like him. I mean, he's he seems like the complete back. So You think
0: he do, – do you – I mean, would you be more surprised if he didn't play or if he played? Well, I mean, you look what, at it
2: – you know, I mentioned Taj Brooks in that West Virginia game. Yeah. Um, you know, Coach Wills was asked, like, what happens if Taj Brooks goes down? And he like, he was the last scholarship guy on the roster, you know, yeah. like we had that yeah. was available. Running back, and man, you they just go down, you know, because yeah. just by the nature of it, you're getting hit, you know? right? so – uh, you need as many as you can get. Really, you need four legitimate scholarship running backs at, at a minimum mm. that you can play to get through a season. All and right. don't forget, that was just a 10-game season, not a 12-game season. So
0: That's true, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I think he's going to play, absolutely. Right. And I would be shocked if he didn't, uh, not only just to get him some seasoning, but also I think they're just going to flat-out need him at some point.
1: Right.
0: Okay. All right, well, it's uh, good news in the running back room for sure. So, all right, when we come back here, Um, Inside the Red Raiders recruiting. More of that. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to cover it all when we return.
3: Inside the Red Raiders.com recruiting.
0: All right, some more recruiting here. We uh, delve into a little bit further here. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think all all three are represented here. Let's start with the good. Yeah, the
2: good. And, you know, some people kind of balk at this but i think look this is my job Uh, i cover recruiting i have for almost a decade specifically with texas tech and they did a really good job in the 2021 class which was a really obviously weird class with the COVID era class of cobbling together first some highly rated their top lot of their top targets uh from the high school ranks and they luckily they had them on early visits they established those relationships with them early and then closed them. And we're talking about, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. There are two top offensive line targets for the cycle. Three defensive line guys that I really like. One had over 40 offers, including from UT and OU, that you that you signed. Uh, and then, you know, they had some good players. I mean, I, uh, four-star, 6'5 receiver, two tight ends, which we'll have to see if they could utilize that. They're beasts. Right. They're Iowa State-type tight ends, 6'7", 6'8", 240 already getting you The know, guys maybe,
0: that kill Tech. The guys that kill Tech. They kill Austin, everybody. Yeah. I mean, Iowa right,
2: State yeah. really does a great job with their with their tight ends. I know that's yeah. what they want to do, but of course they have, you know, Sunny Company, new offensive coordinator, so we'll have to see if it's just lip service, him saying that mm-hmm. they're going to utilize, utilize tight ends or if they're really going to, but they, they got them. They're, they're athletes. They're good players. So, while the the bulk wasn't there, the quality was there, and so they've augmented that with Seven, Power Five starters, transfers. All right, um, Marcus Waters is one of the top fifty guys uh, on the market according to Twenty Four Seven Sports. Um, he's one of the top safeties. He's a three-year starter, captain at Duke, borderline All ACC player. Um, now he's a grad transfer. They got a second team All Big Twelve offensive lineman and TJ Stormant to come in. They really need to tackle. Tackle was a huge weakness last season. That really helps. Um, then you start going down a list of some guys. You got a couple more DBs, which you really needed. Right. Guys have started in the, in, the, in the Pac-12 <laughs> and in the ACC. Uh, so you like that. You got a and these a lot of these guys, except for Stormont and Waters, they have at least three years of eligibility remaining. So it's not like you're mortgaging the future. You know, they're older. They can play. They're right. able to play at the Power 5 level already, and they still have multiple years of eligibility.
0: And see, that's the difference where, you know, a lot of times it's like the JUCO thing. You know, we yeah, get is two on JUCO, JUCOs. Right. People start panicking because you're yeah. every year, you know, you're just trying to fill holes. But this is different. This is not you know? JUCO. Yeah. You
2: don't have to wait a year. They don't have to sit a year. Right. And they have multiple years of eligibility remaining. So all of that is good. Uh, I feel really good about what they, they did to cobble that 2021 class together with They've upgraded the roster. Like they're gonna be a better team now. If it translates to wins or not, I you know there's a lot of things that go into that, including coach in-game coaching decisions. Okay, so
0: which which has obviously been a uh, yeah an issue. It's been an issue. Yeah, and I didn't has. even
2: mention Tyler Shuck, which we all agree it really changes the entire outlook this offseason. Right. right? I mean, so and you know we had him on the show last week, and he told us the plan is for him to get in uh, for spring ball. So, to be here you know hopefully at least half a spring ball, which is fine whether he whether he does or not i'm not really concerned about that but it'd be nice, but oh well
0: hey, by the way have, have you guys heard is there anything happening with i mean now that you know we're we're opening restaurants and we don't have to wear a mask everywhere unless you want to, yeah. and that whole thing, as far as spring ball, does it appear now that we 're going to have some a normal spring season or is tech still kind of not really
2: you know i have on that a couple of times, and yeah. they've been noncommittal so far yeah. so okay. i I think uh, this is to see the busiest is time. Do, of the, or, people don't mm-hmm. people think of football season, but right mm-hmm. now in our profession, and certainly for the people um, that work in like the communication department and mm-hmm. the SIDs and stuff, this is the busiest time of the year. And right. because of COVID, they are very short staffed. So yeah. I'm not trying to.
1: They've opened up baseball. This. They've That's opened up baseball, sign. which That's is a good, good sign. sign. Did, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, open they have, full capacity. Right? I will tell you this: yeah. that yeah. I
2: truly believe that Tech wants to open it up as much as possible, and yeah. that they probably will as much as they feel like, within reason, they can. I feel uh, did, confident in saying that.
0: And especially cuz and you do kind of see evidence of that being a possibility around the country because I saw where the Rangers announced they're going to mm-hmm. have full capacity so that's a good sign and A&M I think and, uh, UT. and then I think OU also said something about yeah. having full their plan is to have full capacity now does that look like full capacity with masks and social distancing at the, uh, conces- the uh, concessions maybe but the fact that there's conversations about full capacity in a lot of different places in the pros and in college, that 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 bodes well, maybe. So absolutely, yeah. So I was wondering if you'd heard anything on that. So I'd love to go to a spring game, man.
2: Golly. yeah. And I think they'll do something with that. I really do. I yeah. think they'll because at the spring game, you're you know obviously you're off the field, you're in the stands. That's right. I don't know if they'll be able to do any kind of like autograph session right. and that kind of thing. You know, I mean, yeah. unfortunately, and I get that. Of I mean, I, that, why even cool. why mess with that? Right. Uh, you but, know, and in terms of like media getting access i don't know because for and it makes sense to me from their perspective why invite that chance that right. someone gets sick and then with contact right. tracing then your spring balls wrecked and you didn't get a spring last year so i'm not like it's out of their hands whether they believe philosophically they should right. or not right once someone tests positive and there's a the tracing you know it could wreck your spring so I, I get it i mean i do
0: but you do have to ask if you go into a big room And you got like, if you're in there Mm -hmm. and they make you wear a mask Mm -hmm. and you're, let's say you're 12 feet away, you're double social distance and the player has a mask. I mean, come on, nobody's getting COVID in that situation. Let's be real. You know? I mean, I don't disagree with you. I'm just
2: saying that's the the realities of navigating the
0: public. Everybody's scared to (laughs) be the one that makes the mistake (laughs) or something. I mean, you
2: can't just say, oh, we got COVID. Oh, well, these guys, they're not even going to have the sniffles. Right. I mean that may be what they believe, but right. you can't say that publicly. You know. I mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, so where are we? So we covered the, the good. Are yep. we at the bad now? Yeah. So what's the bad, the bad? is
2: uh, the they had one offer out to a 2022 quarterback this cycle, and it was late. It was the Nick Evers. We talked about it I think two shows ago. Yeah. A Flowerman quarterback. He committed to Florida. All right. So now you don't have an offer out, and you got to, like quarterback is one of the first guys you want to get committed because they help you look What bear more. I mean, he committed, Yeah,
0: they're always recruiters themselves. He committed
2: yeah. over a year before he signed in December, you know, we're passing. He he committed what would have been last October. All right. So, um, and he was, a, uh, he was great in terms of helping you recruit a, a lot of those guys that I, I just mentioned, um, in the, in the good part of it. So right now you have no commits period. You have no offers out to, a, uh, uncommitted 2022 quarterback.
0: Um, that's bad <laughs> you know what I mean? no, that's okay now uh, but somebody could say okay yeah you say it's bad but with the way the transfer portal is these days so couldn't Tech just find another guy like chuck
2: they could i think though you want to sign at least one high school quarterback every cycle i mean I, at least i mean a lot of the good programs are getting two you know because you hear like Oh, he doesn't want to compete with Baron Morton or Dom, you know, whoever, you know. I, nah, I don't buy that. When you look at, well, just look at Nick Evers. I mean, Florida's got several Baron Morton type rated guys on their roster. You know, th- yeah. almost every guy, especially quarterbacks, think they're the best. Right? They should. You want that? You don't yeah. want. To, you don't want. To, yeah, you want, want the that. alpha male. You, you don't, don't want, want
0: beta much. guys with man buns being your quarterback. Let's face it. Right. So uh,
2: that's bad. I, I think there's a guy named Richard Torres who I think. They're at the maybe the butt sniffing stage right now in terms of wow. sounds not a, like,
0: was Joe Biden recruiting for tech now or what?
2: <laughs> okay, we're getting way too political. Wow.
0: Here
1: too. <laughs> I'm putting a mask on.
0: There you go. <laughs> Am I frightening you, Pete? I'm sorry. I'll stand over here. Just um, having fun though. I, he's in his element. He's I mean, It's, it's a good Friday. I feel good today. So, all right. So the butt sniffing stage. So they're just kind of looking around. And see, it's, is it could this guy fit into our program? Six six it's has, has a big
2: arm. South San Antonio. He has some pretty good offers already i don't know if tech's gonna end up offering him but they're at least that's the uh, a guy on my radar immediately after ever's committing to florida
0: now now is he a guy you know if tech is somewhat interested but is he a legitimate power five target yes or okay
2: no, right. he already has power five offers okay i mean he right. does so, like i said six six he's not well i, I don't like that he's not a He's not even a, a Shuck, a Tyler Shuck or a Baird Morton in terms of as a runner.
0: He's now, a pro-style guy, He's probably. a
2: pro-style guy now. On his film, him moving around the pocket to create extra time. Yeah. So if you're accurate enough, um, if you have a big enough arm, and you can buy time by just moving around the pocket, it's okay, I guess. But I still prefer the dual-threat guy. Right. You know, um, I, what I really like is, well, Pat, obviously, is the model. but uh, right. uh, uh, Even a guy like Jet with his skills, but with, I don't know, Who would be
0: a Nick Shumanik type? I guess like head, you know. (laughs) Like, let let me ask you this question: You you always hear that term, pro style. Yeah. But then when you see the, I think the the you know the NFL, the game seems to be changing somewhat to Mm. where you you see a guy like Pat. Well, how about pocket passer?
2: How about pocket passer? Because Pat's not really
0: a typical pro style quarterback with his ability to do all those things. So it's like the game is changing. So do you think that you're going to see a time where the Pro-style quarterback, it could take on a different meaning for when you're evaluating guys, right? Because you might see more guys being the pro-style may be more like Patrick Mahomes and less right. like a guy who's 6'6". It's, it's and probably an runback. outdated
2: term. I probably yeah. should say pocket passer. That's what we list on
0: 24-7 By the way, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judging your use of terms. I'm just saying is that something you could How see. How dare yeah. you? I know. How I know, dare you? No, I no, I
2: actually, I thought <laughs> I, your point was valid. I was just yeah. working it out. As yeah. you said, your point yeah. is valid. What Philosophically, what I believe mm-hmm. is that in today's game, you have to be able to buy time. Right. Now, whether it be by Like this guy I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Richard Torres of South right. San Antonio, who can move around the pocket. Pat Mahomes, again, is an extreme example. Right. Yeah. Uh, of being able, his athleticism, moxie, uh, his vision. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a generational type arm, you know, right, yeah, uh, yeah. to go with it. Uh, that's unique, but you have yeah. to be like, like Tyler Shuck is like, for example, the transfer coming in is capable of, if everything's covered, you know, there's no, no option, uh, in terms of any receivers open it's third and seven. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Do you just throw it out of bounds and punt? Or are you able to tuck it, get the first out, move the chains and then keep, right. keep the drive going. Great He's able yeah. to tuck it and run and move the chains.
0: Yeah. So, okay. It's interesting the evolution of the game though. Oh, it really? Yeah, it is, changes.
2: You know? I tell you what, recruiting is so different. Like you talk about changing like, in terms. Like when I when I got here in two thousand thirteen, two thousand yeah, two thousand thirteen, recruiting was a completely different animal than it is now. Mm-hmm. With the transfer portal, obviously with COVID the way it's been. Um, the way they use Zoom and FaceTime now. I mean, that really is like when I got here. What you did was you called the high school coach and you said, hey, I'd like to speak to this guy that texts recruiting. Now, I mean, I I almost never do that unless I just want, you know, some background information on a recruit. And that's after way, well after the butt sniffing stage. (laughs) Uh, But now it's like, I mean, I I message, I text (laughs) or DM with guys and then there's FaceTime and Zoom and that's really all how you recruit. I I almost rarely actually talk on the phone because who does that anymore? Right. Time. Ain't right. nobody got time for right. that, you know. So, I mean, if I'm interviewing twenty recruits in a week, I'm not having a conversation with all of them and doing everything else. I had and and them too. They're busy as well.
0: So, by the way, is the butt sniffing is that an official term? in The recruiting it's world? on it?
2: the side inside the Red Raiders. Okay. There's actually a board called. No, no. It's, I don't know. It's just, that's just one of my things. Like, no,
0: no. But I get it. I get it. No. You know, it, it, seem,
2: it seems to hammer the, the point home right. uh, when, I, when I say that. Like,
0: you <laughs> no, know. it really is just like, we're just exploring options. We're just right. kind of checking each other just kinda out. Just kind of checking you know? each other
2: out. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: I got you. So okay. now you're
2: to the ugly, right? Okay. And I think this is important.
0: Because the bad was sort of ugly, so what's ugly? Bad. The
2: bad was sort of ugly. This is really ugly, though. And, oh. you know, what's interesting is, bottom line is Texas tech doesn't have a commit for the 2022 class. That's a fact as of right now. All right. Now you can look at that cert, like several ways. One, I mean, it's a long time till December, right? I mean, you know, a long time, but on the other hand, um, you look at, you always say, Jeff, and I like that you do this. Let's not compare to like tech in the recent past, right? right the past in general, let's compare tech to the rest of the big 12. So just to give you an idea, Texas Tech is the only team in the Big 12 that doesn't have a commit. Oklahoma, which comparing Tech to Oklahoma, okay, you know, but they have seven commits. Mm-hmm. Texas, kind of the same thing. Uh, they have six commits now. Oklahoma State, this is a program you should be competing with, you
0: and know? you have to to be have any success. Yeah, you, yeah.
2: that's it. Uh, they have eight commits.
0: Wow. Baylor, eight commits. Kansas, five commits, and that's with. You know, firing less miles and having and just being Kansas in football alone. So the top
2: four are all the top fifteen nationally. You don't have a. You're not even like if you go to twenty four seven. You go to Inside the Raiders or twenty four seven Sports and you look at Big Twelve rankings. Tech is literally not listed because they don't have a commit. There's nothing to list. Golly. So you look at you know Kansas State is sixth. They have three commits. TCU two and then West Virginia only has one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Iowa State only has one. So you know okay
0: but. Tech doesn't have one. Okay, so so you see that and and you know, fan, you sit there and you look at it and you go, Well, gosh, man, all these other teams that are similar to tech mm-hmm. have all these commits. What the hell are we doing? What is what does Matt Wells say about that? Is he well, concerned actually or he, what? yeah,
2: I mean he was on Kirby Hokus' radio show on Wednesday, and I think I you know, I heard him say he's not concerned about it.
0: So so you got you hear that, and I'm like, Okay, there's one of two things. I would as a fan, I'm sitting there and I go, Okay, well, you're not concerned. So either you're a dumbass or, you know, you're trying to put on a brave face. I would rather him say, look, you know what? It's not good that we don't have any commits, but we're working our butts off. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've got work to do. So, yeah, I understand. But I want you to know we are out there working hard and we, we've got work to do, but we're going to get it done. Yeah, Instead of going, "Oh, it's no big deal." He, trying to be
2: all cool yeah. guy. Come on, man. Uh, they have improved the roster, and I think the question is is it in the and significantly? But the question is is it compared to what we've seen recently from Texas Tech or right. the rest of the Big 12? Uh on one hand, I'm glad they're not so reactive. Like Tech, like Kansas has five commits. Right. I don't know how many of them Tech would really want. They're 5-3 star guys, so I right. mean, you know, right. but how Looks many good would,
0: on paper? Like, yeah, right. it does. But how right.
2: many would Tech really take? I don't know. Yeah. If they are picky, I'll give them that. But, I mean, they have, I think, 90, we have them with 93 offers out for this class. And, I mean, several of them have already committed elsewhere. Several several of them, a lot of them, are like, they're not going to Tech. You know, right, I mean, right. like I, you talk to them like, look, let's just save each other some time. I'm not going there. You know, right, I, I, right. I appreciate them offering all that. I really do, but that's not happening, you know? So, uh, And then there's like, I don't know, a smaller piece that's... Uh, Tech has a shot with, and there's some guys, and we can talk about this um, probably next week. I'll have a I'll have a list of ten guys that I feel like they're in a good good shape with. Now, mm-hmm. if you're a salesman out there, if you if you sold anything, whether it be cars or vacuums or widgets. houses or widgets, yeah, yeah what's a widget? <laughs> no, Uh what uh, whatever it may be, being in a, having a good relationship and actually closing the deal, getting the money, getting the sign on the dotted line, there's a huge gap between those two. You right. know, and these this coaching staff knows it. I yeah. think. I, I wouldn't want Wells to to kind of piggyback off what you said. I don't think it was necessarily a dumbass comment to to say that, but on the other hand, you you don't want him to be like, "I'm freaking out. We don't have any comments.
0: You know, like well, that yeah. would be scary. Yeah, too, but, you know? but that's what I'm saying. There's a measured response to right. that. Of listen, I understand what people are saying, but trust me, we know what we're doing, yeah. and we've got some work to do. We recognize we don't have any, but we are we are yeah. every day. Everything we're doing is to get the best players we can at Texas Tech. I'd rather hear that than, I'm not worried. <laughs> well, yeah. crap, dude, maybe you ought to worry. That's what it uh, sounds like to me.
2: Yeah. I don't want to be like where I'm Matt Wells' is a lawyer here, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, he's
0: a good guy, right, Pete?
2: Peace uh, laughing. You know? uh, that's what I always say. He's a good guy, but this is terrible, you know? No, uh, terrible. Yeah, but... I'm You know, they're still trying to, to, and this is, you could criticize them for this. They're still trying to fill out the roster, really, Mm -hmm. for the 2021 cycle. They still have a scholarship or two to to play with. And then they are offering some 2023 guys, too. So that's good to see. Look to the future. But, I mean, there's no question in my mind that they are behind in this recruiting cycle. You know, whether it be their fault, their situation with Texas Tech, COVID, whatever you know and i do think oh by the way that things will open up the NCA kind of preemptively did the uh dead period throughout may you know which i think was really short-sighted you know to go ahead and do that but i do think things will open up this summer and they'll be able to actually have host recruits on campus and then hopefully get to go see them i don't know how they're going to do that but uh Hopefully there'll be some normalcy on the for whatever, whatever that is right. in terms of recruiting on the recruiting trail coming up.
0: Well, hopefully better days are ahead. That's what this this stuff is. This this is the most fun to talk about. Those recruiting <laughs> they still stuff, have. Look you know, at, it's it's really is, how you look just, at it. They yeah. are
2: behind, but there is time to make up. Right. That's the truth. Right. You know? So yeah. we'll see nah. what they do, and we'll be here to talk about it. Right? That's right.
0: We that is one thing you can guarantee right there. We're efforting uh, every week. To do that, at least always efforting. Yeah, you just got to show up at eleven o'clock on Friday. It's you know, all right. Uh, coming up here, back to Red Raider basketball, Texas Tech coming off the uh, loss last night to uh, Texas in the Big Twelve tournament. But what's ahead, and uh, we'll break that down.
3: Texas Tech basketball.
0: Well, by now you know Texas Tech lost to Texas last night by one. It was uh, that was a tough loss. Tech had a chance. To win that game, I mean, you know, it's been up by like what ten points in, at by various times, yeah, yeah. They and, were by five with what well, a minute and a half and, left, and, and and it really felt like there for a while in the second half. The momentum, you know, Tech just had it, and and you felt like they were Tech was just going to put it away. But man, good teams always make that make that run, and Texas, you know, like it or not, they they have a good team. I just knew going into that game that the difficulty of beating a you know a good team three. I mean, even being there yeah. two times in season is really tough. But three, statistically, Beard said in
1: his press conference beforehand, it's tough to beat somebody once. Yeah, so, yeah I mean that, that's
0: really true. That's that's a great point. Yeah. I know we take it for granted, yeah. I guess. But uh, but that's I, such I, a I wasn't Beard type thing to say. <laughs> I wasn't surprised that Tech lost, but it is disappointing, certainly. But what is disappointing it really mean, the way the
2: know? game flow? Like because. Right. They obviously wanted to win that game. It was yeah. a hard fought game. Oh yeah, um,
1: too many lows of not scoring. Here's
2: the deal: like you look at like, let's just say basketball in general, but NBA they really talk about is like the end of half, the end of quarters. You have to play well, and each of the each of the halves for Texas Tech they went scoreless for the final four minutes. Yeah, I mean you're not gonna win. I don't care you're playing Texas or what you know. Auburn Christian, you would have a hard time beating them if right, you go those, right, yeah. the long those so long probably stretches. Probably a tournament
0: team, right? Right. Still, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying. But I know what you're saying.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. No, I mean, it, well, they were up eight, and then you blink, and and Texas went on a 12-0 run. They're up four at the half. Yeah.
2: So, like I said, I mean, at the end of the half, you blew that big lead. That cost you. But then you you came out in the second half and you played great. You you built a lead, like we were talking about, another 10 point lead. You were up by five with like a minute and a half. Texas outscores you six to nothing over the last minute and a half. And you go four minutes, not just without scoring from the field, but without scoring. You're just, right. I mean, that's not going to work. Then yeah. you throw in there all those missed layups, which I mean, obviously plays a part in the not scoring. And then 12 for 20 from the free throw line, 60%. Coach Beard said it himself in the post game. That ain't going to work. See, it's, that's you know, the same. have get, that
0: problem yeah. all year, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. And they have, and when you get down to this kind of play, I mean, tournament time, NCAA, if yeah. you're not, a, if you can't make free throws you're not winning. Yeah. And that's and It, just way it, it is. was
2: worse than the stat will tell you, too, because I don't know how many front-end of one-on-ones, but I think at least four, if I remember. And it was my understanding there'd be no math, but I don't know what, <laughs> what that all would be. But, I mean, that's almost like, it's, to me, it's like a turnover.
0: Yeah, you make another couple of free throws in the game, you right. win the game, you know? Well, yeah, You're I just, mean, just yeah. make
2: those four front-end. Forget the fact that you right. get four more,
0: you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Let's right, just say right. you make half
2: of those free throws. Yeah, you win the game.
0: So, Pete, what do you make of, it? last night was known yeah. one of those games where, you know, guys you count on to be the guys. You know, it's like Kyler Edwards, who has played well recently. And Matt McClung, all season long, has been one of your better scorers. He hasn't and been all. great. But, Max struggled
2: but, recently. He has. But, but, yeah, and but I'm
0: saying over the season, he's been, yes, you know, he's no, been he one has, of the top guys. For sure. But when you get down to crunch time, you go to those guys like that, and they, they just, you know, both of them. It was it was a struggle last night. Yeah, I mean,
1: they, I think they both had seven points, and uh, you know, uh, not good shooting. But you know, Mac you will score twenty one game, and then he'll, you know, only have like it six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's just you know they're consistently inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs>
2: that's a good way to good say it, that. especially yeah. with Kyler, because Kyler seems like when he's good, he's really good. He went when he's off that bad, one bad. game. He's yeah, terrible. Yeah. I mean, he was he was really bad. And the thing with McClung is he's probably your worst defender. I mean, he has his moments, but he's just not. He, well, he wasn't known
0: as a great defender coming to Tech He wasn't, anyway, but it's not right? just
2: his athletic ability. He gets lost. I don't know what it is, but he loses his guy a lot. Uh, but So when he's not scoring, he turned the ball over a lot. I think he had at least four turnovers. Yeah. I mean, he just really struggled last night. But then Kyler Edwards is really known as one of your better
0: defenders. And a leader on the team, he, too. A calming he influence. struggled
2: in, on defense. Now, a, a recurring problem, a consistent problem for Tech has been perimeter defense. And Texas lit uh, tech up for forty-two percent. I think eleven to twenty-six from from deep. That was a big part of the game, and a lot of those came when Matt McClung and Kyler Edwards. At least three of those threes. Edwards helped on somebody who did need help. They had two or three defenders on the ball. He had a guy like Matt Coleman or that Furby's dude, who of course had a career <laughs> career game. You know, yeah. basically or at least a season game against Tech last night. Left them wide open. You just you can't do that. You're gonna lose. You're gonna get bounced from the tournament doing that kind of stuff.
0: So that you bring that up because it does seem like all season long tech has had a problem defending the 3 cuz teams always shoot the 3 well against tech it seems like and and it's almost like the way tech plays defense with the switching yeah, and all help, when help team people, yep. yeah in that constant switching yes. and all when teams start spreading out like that and there's so much more distance to cover to switch mm-hmm. and to get over and guys it, you know they get open and if you have any shooters at all that's, that's really been a problem. So like for
2: communication tech and chemistry are important you can't have a guy just messing up making a mistake it's akin to like an offensive lineman missing an assignment and giving a free run on your quarterback it's just the same kind of thing um on the basketball court and like i said when you when they do that consistently against good teams like texas or you've seen the big 12 like a baylor they're gonna bombs away they're gonna they're gonna blow you out basically right. Or at least it's going to be the reason why you lose. Um, they actually did, had a nice stretch there here late in the regular season before Baylor, obviously, who hit like eighty threes that game or whatever it was. NCAA record threes. Uh, and Kansas, even though they lost Oklahoma State uh, and TCU, Iowa State, and Texas before the game previously, uh, they all they they did a really good job, much improved job on perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. But last night was a step
0: back in that right. regard. Okay, so a couple things real quick. It seems like Oklahoma State is a team in the Big Twelve that's really coming on at the right time, make it make a run in the tournament. What do you think? As where? What is the ceiling for Tech? I mean, look, obviously you make a run. I mean, anything could happen. But I mean, realistically, where do you think Tech goes in the NCAA tournament? Sweet sixteen. I think it all depends on matches. But I
2: think this. I've said this since before the season started. I thought, and I I feel the same way. I think this is a sweet sixteen team. Okay. You mentioned cool. a lot of the negatives. But Terrence Shannon's come back. He looks great. Yeah. You're getting real contributions off your bench from Clarence Nedone. You see that dunk that didn't kill?
0: Yeah. Woo! Wait, I gotta be out of my chair. I was right, like right.
2: flexing and stuff. Oh man, I was excited about that one. And then uh Tyree, you know, Rick Smith. Uh he he's bringing things to the table. both of them. Yep. PV is yeah. Looking yeah. A great game last
0: not He Peavy. saved he, in fact, I mean, I say he saved him. I mean they still lost. But if it wasn't for him, man, they they would have been. McCuller needs to shoot better. Yeah,
2: he's doing a lot of the other things, but I and Beard is adamant that he's a shooter. Well, we need to see it, All right? You
0: know? So you think Sweet Sixteen is where you really feel like if Tech could get great there, season,
2: that's what I expect season. them to be.
0: Yeah, you, I mean, you know, I'm thinking a six seed. You, you got to
1: yeah. beat the who the eleven or whatever that would be, and then the three. Uh, and then you you get a shot at which
2: the two a three seed is a West Virginia or Texas mm-hmm. or you know what I mean teams like you can you can hang that you with, can hang with and play right. yes so uh, it's it's doable I think once you get to the Sweet Sixteen depending on the matchups you, right. who knows right but you get to a, a place where you're probably going to run into two. and Joe Yeager had a really good story on it today uh, teams that just can outgun you right you know that's right. just where I Tech just is missing one or two. Really good offensive players. That's
0: what I thought all along. I thought, after seeing the season play a little bit, I thought, if Tech can be a Sweet 16 team, I think you have to step back and go, hey, that was a pretty good season for this team. Yes. But it is interesting, though, when you get to the tournament, because, you know, the grind of the Big 12, these teams know each other so well, and every game is such a grind. Getting the opportunity to play other teams who Mm -hmm. don't see you all the time, I mean, you know, that you know tech i mean you just never know i mean the, the ball bounced the right way they could make a real run here who knows but Let's
2: see if this is my thinking on the seven big 12 teams Baylor could win it all i think Oklahoma state has an outs- outside shot of making the final four because right. they've really come on and with Cade Cunningham you know he's going to get the benefit of the doubt in some in some calls and yeah. he's also like the alpha guy late right. in games which right. you know it's going to to get to the Final Four, you have to have at least one of those performances where, man, may, they shouldn't have won that game, but they did. You know, right. some miraculous player, your your beast yeah. stud takes over. So I think Oklahoma State, and Baylor can make the Final Four. I think West Virginia and Kansas are probably Elite Eight. You right. know, and I think Tech is a Sweet Sixteen team. That's right. really how I see it. What about
0: Texas? You think Texas? They're or? so
2: hard to judge. I mean, they can know, win it yeah. all based on their talent, <laughs> but they're such head cases
0: too. I uh, I think they have a better chance if Shaka Smart would just shave his head again.
2: <laughs> he looks like a completely you know,
0: different person, right? He, like, he's I, totally different. Yeah, man. It's amazing, but yeah. uh,
2: no, you know, I think they're probably a Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight team. Yeah. You know, I mean, and Oklahoma's probably a Sweet Sixteen team as well. They just don't have enough offense,
0: right? So and, and it's sketchy because sometimes if they're really on, they got three guys who can really shoot and yeah. score. But if if they don't, and they're a good defensive just,
2: team, right? Well, coach, just not on that.
0: that night. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah,
2: but they're just there's just something missing like Tech. You right. know, they're very similar, really. They I really mean,
0: are, isn't that true? Yeah. All right, so uh, well, there we go. It's uh, man, it's, it's one of the best weeks of the year coming up, though, man, with the uh, tournament selection and those first round games. And it's, schools it's you never funny, heard man. of who win pull those right. upsets. That's I the know best. it is. It's it's one of the greatest weeks of sports, man. I love this week. All right, we come back here. Uh, we'll get an update on the Lady Raiders. Uh, the season over is over, but uh, Pete will have the season wrap up and uh, you know just maybe just your know, thoughts about you know how this season went and maybe what we can expect next year. That's coming up. All right, well, we talked a lot of basketball, but now Lady Raiders, who I guess they've uh, pretty much wrapped up the season here. But, uh, Pete, what can you tell us about the Lady Raiders, you know, just the overall feelings of the season? Yeah,
1: well, you know, it came to an end last night. You know, they were the seven seed. Kansas State was the ten seed. They had split in the regular season, and, man, Tech uh, went on a 12-0 run early. They had a a 9-point lead, and then at one point... uh, uh, Lexi Gordon scored ten straight points, but uh, then you know they fell behind, and uh, you know late they're only down one, and just couldn't couldn't get any o- over the hump. And from there, I think they're outscored nine nothing. So Kansas State won seventy five sixty five. So Tech uh, under Krista Gerlich, her first year, uh, they finish up ten and
0: fifteen. Okay, so you know just uh, at the end of the season now, looking back on it and all, I mean personally, I think that you know Krista is. She is absolutely the perfect coach, without for late question. Raiders. And so, just you know, if, as you look back yeah. on the season now, what are your thoughts on the season and what what she may have brought to the table? What is what has happened and the improvement of the team? Right.
1: Yeah. And you know, the the big question after the game, I mean, you know, it's it's still wet paint. They had just lost. Is you know, will Vivian Gray and Lexi Gordon come back because they have that option? And she said, uh, we have not even talked about it. We were all in on this season. But starting today, which is today, uh, we'll talk and we'll see, and and you know maybe they'll come back. And I think that's a, a big step for this team right. if they can keep Vivian, you know, Gray and Lexi Gordon, who were, who are both outstanding. But you know some of the positive. Najee Murray uh, stepped up late. Uh, uh, who else am I thinking of? Maka Jackson and uh, Hattie Fay. So, you, you know, you saw a lot of pieces of the puzzle. And, you know, obviously, Vivian Gray's your big scorer. But, you know, another player last night who I was super impressed with was Bryn Gerlich. She had 13 points, eight assists, six rebounds and uh, just hit some big shots and then just made some great passes, great vision. And, man, if we can get that bottled up and have her doing that next year, I mean, just all these little things have got to come together. And, uh, you know, they're going to bring some other players in as well. And, uh, you know, the, the the ball's rolling. And, you know, right. as I said at the beginning when they were losing a few games, you know, Rome isn't built in one day. But Krista Gerlich's got a system, and, and she's going to get it going.
0: So do you think uh – Vivian Gray and Lexi Gordon, I mean, you're talking about them coming back. Yeah. Are they the type of players that, I mean, are they WNBA caliber? Or would they just decide, you know what, I'm done playing basketball and get on with yeah, life? I, you know, what do you think?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think I mean, I mean, think if they like the culture and what's going on, I mean, why wouldn't you come back for another right. year? And I'm not sure. You know, maybe they can play there. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how that even works. You know, obviously we haven't had many uh, Lady Raiders outside, you know, Brittany Brewer last year. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, obviously uh, – if, they can get, if, if there's an opportunity to go to the WNBA, I'm sure they'll look into that because you can't turn money away.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I play the WNBA. <laughs> what do I have to do to do that? Have skills and then identify as a woman? I guess I could maybe I could get in. Well, some of those things are becoming legal, but I don't want right. to go yeah, well, there. So. You know. so what are your thoughts as far as, you know, so looking ahead to next yeah. year for the Lady Raiders, um, do you, you know you got some optimism there?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, obviously, I think they're going to improve on, on a ten and fifteen year. And they, you know, they they beat a Texas team that was ranked in the top twenty. They they lost to Oklahoma by a point that they they could have won. They they lost it over. I mean, there's just so many games. Again, three or four games. Boom. They're they're fifteen and eleven. I mean, so nice. you know. Obviously, and they also, on the flip side, they won a few games they probably shouldn't have. But, uh, you know, but they'll get better. And, uh, you know, Krista Gerlich said last night she was super proud of the team. They battled all year long. And, again, with the adversity of, of losing their coach and all that craziness under the, the previous coach, uh, you know, then here comes a new coach and, you know, you got to gain the trust. And, and now she's got the trust. So, yeah. you know, next year is only going to be better.
0: Well, there's just such a, I mean, just the past for the Lade Raiders and the, the tradition that they, you know, they had and just the, the fan following and all. And you just hope that they recapture some of that. And uh, I've always thought that Krista Gerlich was the coach yes. that could make that happen. And so, uh, you know, let's, uh, next year will be a new season and hopefully she'll continue to build and, and get the Lade Raiders back to where they really ought to be. You know, yeah, I think so. And,
1: you know, obviously, too, this year with COVID and, Mm -hmm. you know, they did really good. And then finally, there are some games they didn't get. But, you know, they should have played Vanderbilt. That game got canceled. So, again, the year kind of dictated a lot of things, too. And so next year, hopefully we'll have smooth sailing, play games, have a good season. And and, and they're only going to improve off the 10. There's no
0: question. All right, coming up next here, it's our Rockin' 25 poll. Our voters, Eric Hasselman and Michael Hunter. These guys, man, I, listen, we're getting ready to fill out brackets, and uh, everybody's going to be doing that come Monday. You don't want to miss this segment coming up here in just a few minutes. All right, coming up here, we'll unveil this week's Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. But I do want to give uh, some props to Sean Dillon here on the show, who is... Listen, we, we got this thing we, we all got involved in. What's it called? Tally site? And it's And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, tally com. And it's all these people that talk, uh, you know, college basketball and everything uh, every week. And you start picking games. And it's really like bragging rights across the country. And Sean is like ranked this week number five in the entire nation. So for picking how did games. he
2: hack the system? It's I know. Change the, the results. Yeah. He's a master cheater. I know. We, so all, know. we all know that. Right. So right. How's he Look at this, gaming tally site? So he's number trying to convince Pete you know,
0: right that's now. That's it's just yeah, I don't Pete, know how he Pete does knows. that. You can't
2: beat Pete. <laughs> Pete knows. <laughs> everybody, uh, everybody knows that. Sean
0: I'm hacked sure to you know how and, uh, rigged the system, right, Sean. There you go. Killing me. Anyway, Sean, but what however you've done it. Congrats for being number five in the entire nation. I mean, we're talking how many people are on here? Like hundreds. There's hundreds of sports people on this, right?
2: Uh yeah. I mean, there's there's hundreds, six yeah. and he's fifth. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, that's uh but congrats Sean, that's that's a, that's a great accomplishment and uh it it's a tribute to how much free time you have every week. Oh, so, well, um, see a
2: lot of barstool, <laughs> a lot of mm, Yeah, and they're ahead of you. No, no, that's the that's the
0: the organization. Oh, oh okay. okay, all right. No, but seriously, no, series, yeah, I
2: know. I'm, I'm giving him a hard time. He really is impressive. Shots good job, Sean. job, Sean. Really good Yeah, woo. Why aren't you number
0: one? All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you number one? You're making God. us look bad here. <laughs> Fifth. Come on. God, now we sound like your wife, probably don't we? How come <laughs> you're not number one? <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you can't ever win. Anyway, that that's that's pretty cool, Sean. Because yeah, I, I don't. Even, I'm probably not in the top twelve hundred. So. All right, um, it's uh, all right, we move along here. The Rockin'
3: 25 is our own top 25 of college basketball, voted on by college basketball's brightest fans and
1: media. It's time to reveal The Rockin' 25.
0: All right, here we go. This is when it's fun to talk all this stuff, man. Everybody's getting ready to fill out a bracket. It's championship week, and our rocketologists help us understand the latest Rockin' 25 college basketball poll, as usual. Analytics consultant from Haslametrics.com. Eric Haslam, also owner, editor, and founder of the ACC Basketball Report and podcast, that would be Michael Hunter. Which part of championship week, other than Michael forgetting to put in his entry into the Jerome, has shocked you the most so far this year? You
4: know, I'm not really shocked by too many of the results so far. You've had some unexpected teams come through the conference tournaments. You saw Appalachian State win the Sun Belt Conference. You saw Mount St. Mary's win the Northeast. And then you saw Drexel win the Colonial Conference nothing really shocking from my perspective. I guess the most shocking thing would probably be the first half, the WCC final between Gonzaga and BYU. And the fact that Gonzaga actually was down double digits at one point in that game, I think they trailed by 12 at the half, but they turned around, got their act together, ended up winning by double digits. But you know, overall I haven't seen anything that's too surprising at this point so far.
5: First of all, I put in my picks uh, for the Jerome and I just did it incorrectly. Apparently I missed a step, it, which, which is terrible because I love the Jerome. I was really looking forward to participating in the Jerome. Unfortunately, sometimes I have a propensity to be a moron. And unfortunately that struck at the wrong moment. You know, I don't really have any surprises as Eric said, it was, it was interesting to see a Notre Dame team that struggled all year, come back against the Wake Forest team. that's also struggled all year in the game on 17 2 run and actually pull that victory out. That was fun. I guess I'm going to use this time to to speak about this archaic rule that you have to wait a certain amount of time before you're eligible to make the NCAA tournament. If you make the move to Division One, and I'm talking about North Alabama, then you need to be eligible for the conference championship. You need to be eligible for a Division I NCAA tournament. This team is 13-11 in the ASUN, which is a pretty respectable program, makes a run all the way to the Conference Tournament Championship. And Liberty basically wins the tournament by winning the semifinal game because of some archaic rule that says North Alabama is not eligible to, to make the NCAA tournament for a certain amount of time as they transition to Division One. I. I think that rule is completely blasphemic. We've seen it with Merrimack last year. And they had a good team. Unfortunately, they kind of missed their window. And now this North Alabama team kind of hits their stride in the conference tournament. And we, we, we punish that because this is their first year of eligibility. You know, there are many things where NCAA basketball needs to be more progressive. There are certainly bigger issues where the NCAA needs to be more progressive. But this is something that needs to be rectified and should be easily rectified and be, be gone away with for sure.
2: So let's release the Rockin' 25. Gonzaga has all but one first-place votes for number one. Baylor grabs a first-place vote for second. Illinois jumps Michigan for for third and fourth, and Alabama stays at five. No big surprise in the West Coast Conference Championships as Gonzaga wins going away after a double-digit deficit against BYU. Which team is built to, to be the Zags kryptonite?
5: You know, <laughs> it, it's funny because every week Eric and I talk about kind of the hot new team on the show and for probably the last three four weeks we've kind of i'm not saying it's us but i'm saying we have bad timing and you know we've we've kind of cursed some teams recently florida state ohio state obviously come to mind and michigan as recently as last week or two weeks ago this week i'm going to curse illinois illinois has Ayudasumu coming back from from an injury he is an all-american candidate kofi coburn is one of the more physically intimidating you know specimens in college basketball who can certainly match up with drew timmy and be a guy that can stop him on the block you know when disuma was out we saw strides from adam miller we saw strides from trent frazier you know this illinois team is more than ayu disunmu and they they have star power they have an inside out combination they have role players that can, can step up in big time situations are they better than gonzaga no, I think that right now everybody in the Rockin' 25, uh, shout out to Eric Fawcett, is in agreement that Gonzaga is probably the best team in the country, but if I was going to pick one team right now that's hot and playing well and is getting even better with their own star back, it would be Illinois who's hitting their stride they're getting to the sumo back he's being healthy and they've shown that they have players in place that can step up in big-time situations if needed and I'm gonna agree with
4: Michael I think it's to beat Gonzaga I think you need to be long you need to be quick you need to be athletic you need to have experience and you got to be able to shoot the ball and Illinois right now is second in field goal percentage they're 12th in three point percentage they're very balanced as a team They're ninth in offensive efficiency eighth in defensive efficiency and, you know, Baylor has a lot of the same traits. They're number one in the country in adjusted three-point percentage, number two in offensive efficiency, very solid defensively. But as Michael said, i got to go with Illinois over Baylor because Illinois d- defends in the paint a little bit better. They're top 50 in near-proximity attempt rate defensively. They're top 50 in defensive near-proximity percentage. That means they dissuade the inside shot and they defend the inside shot and that is the bread and butter for Gonzaga this is a team that is number one in near proximity percentage they're number three in near proximity attempt rate so they're getting shots on the inside and they're converting these shots inside you need to have a team that is going to force Gonzaga to go to the outside to score and they can score from the outside but they've proven all year that their bread and butter is in the paint and you need to stop that in order to beat Gonzaga
1: Six through ten of the Rockin' 25 with Iowa, Houston, West Virginia, Ohio State, and Arkansas. Which game in the last week has changed the way you've seen the top ten this year?
4: Well, the one team that jumps out at me and where I think there's going to be a lot of
1: ramifications
4: from, a, from an injury or two is uh, Villanova, who just lost Colin Gillespie to a torn MCL. They uh, had a big win against Creighton, but during that game they lose Gillespie. He's the team leader, he's a great scorer, he's the heart and soul of that team. And all of a sudden, you come back the next game, and what happens with Villanova? You lose to Providence, you score a season-low 52 points. To me, that's a little bit of an ominous sign for the future of Villanova. On top of that, now you're dealing with another injury, of uh, an ankle injury for Justin Moore. You don't know how long he's supposed to be out. I don't know how that's going to affect him in the NCAA tournament. But all of a sudden, you lose Gillespie. You lose more for a certain period of time. And all of a sudden, you go from a, a team that's probably a, a top two or top three seed to a big question mark because you've gutted their backcourt.
5: Yeah, I got to agree with Eric. You know, Villanova is, you know, this is we're talking about a championship caliber team with a four year start or a three year starting you know caliber point guard, the guy that runs the show, one of the more efficient offenses in the nation. Now he's lost. Justin Moore is going to be out for the entire Big East Conference tournament. And so whether or not he's fully healed when he comes back, he's going to have to deal with rust. I don't expect him to be fully healed when he comes back from the NCAA tournament. So he's going to be dealing with rust and injury. And now he's playing the off-guard spot with Ryan Archie Diacono instead of Colin Gillespie, which Archie Diacono is obviously a talented player, but he's not Colin Gillespie, who's one of the best point guards in the country. And to show a little bit of deviation from, from Eric's answer, In the past week or so, I got to, you know, two weeks, I got to go with Ohio State. I You know, two weeks ago, I was ready to hand these guys the third number one and, and think that, you know, they were a solid number one seed in the three or fourth spot. Illinois has since overcome that. But, you know, now we're talking about a team that has lost four consecutive games heading into the Big Ten Tournament, granted all of which are top 55 teams, but they... They've really struggled lately. And I, I think, you know, some of the cracks are showing in that foundation. I'm not quite as high on Ohio State as I was before. I've never been a big CJ Walker fan. Um, I love EJ Liddell, but, you know, this is a team that has lacked star power this year, but relied heavily on their offensive efficiency. And, you know, if, if they're not being efficient, if they're not hitting the glass, um, especially on the defensive end, then Ohio State may not be as good as we first anticipated i like their makeup i like their their kind of blue collar uh work ethic on the court but uh, you know point guard is is a big question mark for me and right now they're just you know their offense runs like a folded lawn chair so uh, i have a lot of question marks regarding ohio state going to the ncaa tournament and just to follow
4: up on what michael said yeah this was
5: a team this ohio
4: state team was uh, really comfortably on the one line at one point there was a cushion between them and the twos all of a sudden that is completely gone in fact from my perspective, based on my bracketology, deserves, I have them below Iowa right now and probably hovering right around where Alabama is on the two line.
5: Eric, do you think there's any possibility of Houston jumping up to the one line given the, the results of the Big Ten tournament?
4: No, no. In fact, at this point, I would bet... I mean, this this came up with another question the other day, and I I was to the point where I'm almost ready to say that the, the top four one seats are already set in stone. I think if Illinois... Completely dropped their first game and all of a sudden Iowa won the whole thing or Ohio State won the whole thing, maybe. But I said outside of that happening, I think if Michigan or Illinois just take care of business, I think they're going to be landing on that one line and I think Gonzaga and Baylor will be there too. Yeah, I think we end up with two Big Ten teams on the one line regardless of how that tournament shakes out. Yeah, and it was interesting, I was mentioning, you know, it's kind of interesting what two years ago we had three ACC teams Yep. That were on that one line, and now you are looking this year. You may not have uh, a single ACC team in the in the top twelve. It's it's you know you might go down to a four seed for a Florida State or a Virginia at the four seed you uh, have to be the highest AC. It's just a big difference from two
5: years ago. And right now, I don't think that either one of those teams are the most dangerous. I think North Carolina is certainly starting to find themselves yeah. a little bit. And I uh, you know I like the Tar Heels a lot in the ACC tournament, and I, I think they're going to be a real challenge in the NCAA tournament.
0: All right, that is 10 down. Now it is the back 15 on the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll on the Rockin' pregame here on 101.1 The Beard with our rocketologist Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter. Five more with 11 through 15. So we've got a Oklahoma State, Florida State, Kansas at 13, Villanova at 14, and then Texas Tech at 15 this week. Which of these teams is peaking at the right time to make the best run depending on... How the bracket is created?
5: You know, you know, we we say it every year that it's it's all about matchups. Right now, I mean, if he's healthy, if they're healthy, I I gotta go with Oklahoma State. You know, they get that they get that win the other day. I I love their talent. I I think Mike Boynton is a tremendously underrated coach. You know, they they played really well against Baylor, just couldn't finish it out. They beat their in-state rivals, Oklahoma. They swept them for the season. They beat your Texas Tech Red Raiders. They you know, they they bounce back from the Baylor loss on the road. They go on the road to Morgantown and beat West Virginia. I said on last week's show, I think Oklahoma State's gonna surprise some people and win the Big Twelve tournament. I still believe that as long as Cade Cunningham's ankle injury isn't as serious as as maybe it looked on television when he first went down. Isaac likely needs to play well. But you know, Caleb Boone has been fantastic for these guys all season long. He's really starting to come into his own as well late in the season as a, as a solid contributor that can be relied upon night in and night out. I really like this Cowboys team. I think they're really flying under the radar. I think they can make a run in March.
4: And I think that is a popular answer that Michael gave. Kate Cunningham is a, is a hell of a talent. He scored 20-plus points in four of his last five games. He hung 40 and 11 at Oklahoma. Um, it's a team that's won 6 of 7, entering the, the Big 12 tournament. That's the popular pick, I think, there. The other one I think you got to bring up, and that's of those five teams, the one that has the most momentum per my website right now, which is Kansas, which has won seven of eight. They seem to be getting their act together at the right time. The question is, are these teams peaking too soon, or is this going to continue into the Big 12 tournament and then later on the NCAA tournament?
5: you got to wonder about McCormick, where they're in the COVID protocol right now and how that's going to linger and how that may affect the team. I don't think that they can survive the Big 12 tournament without him. If it doesn't run into the NCAA tournament, I think they'll be fine.
2: Yeah. All right. 16 to 20 of the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll has Texas at 16, Creighton at 17, Purdue at 18, Virginia at 19, and Loyola, Chicago at 20. Which of these teams have has the potential to make a run, maybe not this year, but next year?
4: You know, who is coming back next year, especially with the extra year that they're the NCAA is giving these teams because of covid uh, who's still young on the roster, and then the recruits. It's really hard to say because, you know, so many people might stick around, some might go to pro, some might, you know, just leave school. You don't know. I'll, right now, I'll just look at recruiting and say, of all those teams, there's only one team that's in the top ten in recruiting at 24-7 sports, and that is Creighton at number nine. They have three four-star recruits coming in next year. The question about Creighton, though, they have bigger issues, in-house issues in- involving Coach Greg McDermott, you know, the, the story that's been going on with him. I've, I've heard some people in Creighton think that he's not even going to stick around and he's going to leave. So that changes things as well. So at this point, it's anybody's guess. But I can just tell you that Creighton, of those five, Creighton is the best recruiting class at this point.
5: Yeah, for me, I'm looking at Texas. And <laughs> I feel bad about it because we have this debate. It feels like a decade now. Is Texas back? I I can't answer that. Obviously, they're improved this year. I think we can all agree upon that. But as Eric alluded to, this whole three-year situation that we have, imagine this Texas team with its two top scorers coming back, along with Matt Coleman. um, Greg Brown, who is a super freshman, has not really performed, I don't think, well enough or been impressive enough throughout the entire season to warrant him jumping pro. That's not to say he won't do it because people do it all the time. But if Matt Coleman and Jericho Sims decide that they want to come back for another year, I mean, this team is, is, is a team that can potentially return their top nine guys. You know, Royce Ham is a guy that, you know, you look at his statistics, two points and two and a half rebounds per game. This guy is incredibly valuable to this team, gives them quality depth in the front court. Uh, you know, we all have questions about Shaka Smart's coaching, but with if you're telling me that once again you can roll out a team with Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Matt Coleman, Greg Brown, Jericho Sims, with Kai Jones and 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 Jose, uh, <laughs> Hase Febris coming off the bench, I, I, I got to think that, that they're going to be better than they were this year. And they've been pretty damn good this year for really, you know, as much credit as we don't give them. Shaka Smart has done a good job this year. And Texas is a very good team this year, certainly improved from years past. So, you know, if everybody, if people decide to come back, even if two of the three decide to come back, I think Texas could be an absolute force next year for sure.
1: The final five has uh, USC at 21, San Diego State, Oregon at 23, Virginia Tech and Colorado at 25. Why is the Pac-12 so disregarded by college basketball fans? I think it's just that they routinely have low-ranking teams that
4: kind of drag the conference down. This year, I think, if you look at my rankings, you have three teams that are ranked worse than number 100, only two teams in the top 25. Last year, you had a couple teams that were uh, in there that were worse than number 125, and it was horrible back in 2018-19 when you had four teams that were worse than 100, and one team in the top 50, that was it. And I think this will kind of come and go. I mean, the West Coast used to be uh, the place to be for basketball, and then it shifted over the East Coast. You have ebbs and flows. It's just at this point, I think some the, the culture probably has to change with the Pac-12 right now because the East Coast is where everybody wants to go. The Pac-12 has to give players the reason to come out there and perform. And, and the last few years, they've just been a step behind the rest.
5: I mean, can the answer be as simple as... That the Pac-12 just isn't good. I mean, the ACC has made – the ACC has made – the ACC has Hall of Fame coaches all over the place. The SEC has made it basically a mandate in their in their basketball programs to hire better coaches. The The Big 12 has fantastic coaches in place. So I'm not saying the Pac-12 coaches are bad, but there's been a – like a lull, I guess. I mean, it's no longer the, the the cool thing to do to go to the West Coast, right? I mean, now you have schools like Tallahassee, New York City. I mean, even schools in the Midwest are out recruiting the West Coast at this point. And when you look at the Pac-12 this year, no team really stands out. I mean, Oregon currently sits at the top of the conference, and if there was ever a team that is just dying to be upset in the NCAA tournament this year, it's the Oregon Ducks. You know, Dana Alman's done a fantastic job in years past, but... But this year's Oregon Ducks team is right for the picking. USC hasn't played anybody seemingly all year long. Colorado is kind of a one-man show, but he's really good. UCLA is not somebody I'm buying. Arizona's obviously ineligible. Then you get to Stanford, who, you know, couldn't capitalize on having a, a McDonald's All-American on their roster. So it, it's just a matter of they're in a lull. I mean, the Pac-12 has been great in years past, but Right now, they're they're kind of in a valley, and I think you're seeing leagues like the Big East, even you know the Atlantic 10 is, is catching up. The American is catching up to the Pac-12, and, and teams like the Pac-12 and even the ACC are kind of falling back right now as the Big 12, the Big East, the, the Big Ten are kind of surging. So, uh, you know, college basketball as a whole is, is full of ebbs and flows, and right now the Pac-12 and the ACC. Are in an ad,
4: so. And I think a big part of it also was the fact that you know television is such a big part of college basketball right now as well. And with when you have the East Coast games starting, I mean, I'm in the Central Time Zone. I can only imagine what it's like for people in the Eastern Time Zone because there's times for the Pac-12 in my time zone where the tip is nine nine thirty. People who who are basketball fans are going to get their fill of basketball, which is two or three hours, and then they're going to probably turn off the TV. So you have to give people a reason to turn on the TV at ten o'clock, ten thirty at night to watch a game. And I'm sorry. Washington State versus Cal or Oregon State versus Stanford or Utah is just not going to do it for me. Even if you mix in and say it's going to be UCLA against Washington or USC against Arizona State, it's, it just doesn't do it for me. The style of play, there's nothing there that draws me in that makes me want to you know, turn on the Pac-12 for dessert after I've just had a full dinner of the Big East, the Big 12, and the Big 10.
5: Just, it, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I can barely make it to a 9 o'clock tip on an ACC game. I, You know, I can't make it to well, the BYU-Pepperdine game the other night tipped at midnight. Like, I, I'm not there on, on, a, on a Tuesday night. That's not me. Uh, you know, i got to wake up in four hours to go to work. They don't get the exposure. Now, whether or not the, that makes them good or bad teams, there are certain ways to, to investigate that. But whether or not we've seen them, the Pac-12 just doesn't have many good teams this year. I mean, that's well. And I think it. I think it does translate, Michael, because in, in these, if these
4: guys are not getting the exposure, the television television exposure, they don't want to go play there because they. No, I, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. that. Right. I with yeah. that.
0: All right, so we're uh, breaking down the Rocket 25 College Basketball Poll with our Rocketologists, Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter. So others receiving votes this week: it's BYU, Clemson, Drake, Florida, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Maryland, Missouri, Oklahoma. St. Bonaventure, Tennessee, Yukon, Winthrop, Wisconsin. So initial ballot results from the NCAA selection committee, you got 25 teams automatically voted into the field, 46 teams under consideration of the board includes regular season champs, plus uh, with 37 at larges only 12 teams remain for the bubble, which teams may not find their name called on selection Sunday.
4: Well, in my opinion, the obvious one is going to be Drake. Drake has a a really nice record. I mean, they they finished 25-4 and four in the Missouri Valley. They ended up, you know, despite all the injuries, they went to that championship game in the MVC and ended up losing to a very good Loyola Chicago team. I think a lot of people thought, you know, if they were going to lose two of three to Loyola Chicago, that was going to bump them up because of their lack of quality wins. I think over time as a result of that loss, they, they kind of remain in the field. The problem that Drake has is that a lot of teams that are lurking beneath them, including teams that are in the Mountain West Conference like a Utah State or a Boise State or a Colorado State, they have opportunities for big impact wins. From Syracuse in the in the ACC, Seton Hall possibly in the Big East, Ole Miss in the SEC. These are teams that if they, they still have those opportunities for impact wins, And granted, yes, to be in at large, you're going to have to lose a game. But what I've learned over time is that these impact wins mean so much more than losses. You saw what happened with Michigan State, where Michigan State loses a big game against Michigan. And people go, okay, well, they just maybe drop a spot. But all of a sudden, they beat Michigan, and they shoot up. All of a sudden, from borderline into the field to a full-fledged 9 or 10 seed. So I think that works against a team like Drake they unless they could schedule somebody last minute which i don't think they can really do you're kind of sitting there just hoping that all of these teams that are beneath you in the bubble are somehow going to lose in the conference tournaments and when you look at the mountain west you look at utah state you look at san diego state you, by the way san diego state's easily in but the other the other three utah state boise state and colorado state they're going to be you know trying to score big victories And when they score big victories against each other, it's going to resonate. And it's probably going to make one or two of them climb higher than Drake. So it's going to be a, I think it's a real tough situation for Drake right now.
5: Yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with an Atlantic 10 team. I feel bad for Travis Ford. I always thought Travis Ford was a scapegoat at Oklahoma State. He's going to St. Louis. He's had a tremendous amount of success, but St. Louis has been dealt a bad hand this year in, in a COVID-stricken, you know, kind of season. We're talking about a St. Louis team that has a a, a tournament-worthy roster. They, they haven't. If you watch them play basketball, and I'm talking about the eye test, not looking at them and Warren Nolan, this is a tournament team. They are good enough to compete in the NCAA tournament. They are good enough to. Gather a win at least in the NCAA tournament, but this is also a team that has been struck down by the COVID pandemic. They went 34 days without playing a basketball game in this season. You know, they finished the season 14 and six, they lose to St. Bonaventure, who I think is the best team in the Atlantic 10. And they just didn't have the opportunities to play a full schedule. You know, they have, you know, they're two and two against Quad One teams two and two against quad two teams granted they have two quad three losses that's terrible that's not something that's going to work in their favor as far as the NCAA tournament committee is concerned but this is why I'm I've grown to embrace metrics in recent seasons but I'm also a very firm believer in you need to watch basketball games to assess the talents and the abilities of certain basketball teams when they're actually playing basketball. St. Louis is a tournament team. They will not make the tournament, and I think that's a travesty.
2: Hey, fellas, where can people find your work?
5: As always, you can find me on Twitter at ACCBR1, ACC Basketball Report Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Pandora accbasketballreport.com and per the usual people can find me my ratings my rankings my projections
4: my bracketology over at haslometrics.com. otherwise you can find me on twitter going hashtag analytically final at, at haslometrics.
1: And by the time we talk next week, the madness will be in full swing. Our thanks to Rockin' 25 voters Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter for breaking down the analytics and the teams. The Rockin' 25 college basketball poll available at 101 com. We'll start breaking down the tournament next week.
0: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, this is one of the most exciting weeks of the sports season really is. coming it's, up. It's you know, a holiday isn't it? for me. It I is. mean,
2: I used to... Play hooky, stay home. My mom knew it was up, but she right? let me anyway sometimes. My brother and I would take off from work, you know, get together, house a bunch of wings and ribs and all that stuff and watch games, man. It would, oh, it's the best.
1: You know who's taking off a whole week next week, first vacation in two years? Your boy. All right. I still all week. can't beat Pete. No, man. Man. My kids got Pete's spring break next week. So I said, let's take off. And then we said, man, well, we're not going to go anywhere. And then I said, hey, it's the tournament. Well, hey, uh,
0: take him out to Joyland for our spring break out at Joyland. That'd be some fun go. for you. So, yeah, yeah. Well, also, I like it. I paid part of
2: my uh, beer debt to you. He did.
1: I, there was a transaction out in the parking lot out here. I got a, a, a nice uh, selection of. I did. I don't want to back say it, it because is. I don't
2: know if they're a sponsor. Or anything, yeah, but I, a- I, instead of giving him like a case of, whatever, just some domestic right, or something, right, I'm giving right. him six pack by six pack, unless he wants a twelve pack or something. Oh, I, I thought some you were going to give me like uh, some of my favorite favorite beer that I, All nice. I like. So nice. I felt bad. I was at I was at a local uh, establishment here yesterday, and I was thinking about Pete coming back from that yes. from his malady right. and. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, man, I, you know, I owe him that beer anyway. I was going to get it for you. Like, hey, I owe it to him. anyway, so I guess I should get some. You know
1: phone. what? You're a good guy.
2: Uh, you know what? I'm not always terrible, am
0: I? You know it, what? It, it's a new
2: year. You know so.
0: You know what I like to say is just that how it was nice to see a transaction that in in the uh, Avenue Q parking lot here <laughs> that only involved <laughs> beer. Because <laughs> you see sh- a lot of transactions around this neighborhood. I'm not sure if there are bottles, so I'm gonna.
1: I can't drive 55 going. Oh, <laughs> I'm taking it back. I'm taking I it back.
3: Raider baseball.
0: Keep your hand on your gun. All right, so uh, Texas Tech, you know they got off to that. Well, you say slow start with three losses, but they were also playing three of the best college baseball teams in the entire nation. In fact, I think Arkansas now is ranked uh, ranked number one, I believe. So, you know, you you think if you're going to be one of the top teams, you you gotta what's that thing you always say, Pete? You to you gotta be, the, be the man. Be man, you, you got to beat the man. Right. So Woo! you would. <laughs> You would, have, you would have liked to have won at least one of those games in that that opening series this year when you're play, playing the SEC teams there. But anyway, so Tech opened with three losses. But since then, uh, Red Raiders taking care of business. They've been on fire, but they are playing, you know, you would argue that yeah, obviously it's it's less uh, stellar competition than what they faced in that, that very first series. But they're beating up on teams that they should beat at this
2: point. I think Gonzaga's a good team. And I think who they're playing here this weekend, UConn. I mean, I know the record isn't great, but they're, you know, as our notes say here, they're preseason favorites, uh, you know, in the Big East, and they have some talent. um, So it's going to be interesting. But, I mean, 10 in a row, I don't care. That's impressive. I mean, they handle their business. and you got, you're semester. in the
1: middle of a 12-game homestand. we are not even in the middle. You've only played two. So right. you got ten more straight at home. I mean, UConn, I know Oklahoma State's coming in, and South Florida will be in. So, you know, some good competition.
2: I think Oklahoma State is when we're really going to get our first right. like, idea. Because those first three games, look, I give those teams credit for being Tech. But, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Coming off COVID, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying there were some maybe unusual plays that we wouldn't see if if those teams faced off maybe even now right. or two weeks from now. So in Oklahoma State, uh, when that series happens, that's that's on my radar big time. Right, I can yeah. to see uh how tech does there.
0: And and we understand I like guess Tech Tech baseball, I mean they're really they're ready to open it up and it's gonna be Full on every fan that wants to get in there, yes. and so yeah, that's that's, that's nice to hear. Yeah, that's that's really that's good news for for those of us who like to get out. Uh, the rest of folks, you don't have to get out, but if you <laughs> like to, then you know it's certainly the opportunities going to be available. It looks well. Like.
2: That's big in terms of a home field advantage because there is oh, yeah. if anybody's been out there. You know, there, there's a big home field advantage there at the law. And I mean, we talk about the USA and the basketball team, but man. Right. It's it's huge for the baseball yeah. team, too.
1: And they're but, all early games this week. So 2-2-2 two, 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 and then yeah. 10 a.m. on Monday. Okay. So 2 today,
0: 2 Saturday, Sunday. 10 a.m. Monday. There's some time changes there, man. Yeah. I'd love to. Uh, I'd like to just knock off work early on Monday, and this week, what a great week! week next Go week watch baseball be, yeah. at 10 a.m. on Monday, and then blow off the rest of the week when the NCAA tournament starts on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, that's, hopefully our that's, bosses aren't listening. to like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. We were just kidding about that. If you are, we'll be here devoted to work 100. All right, Texas Tech baseball. That's uh, that's good. Did you say something else. No, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm I that was you. Okay. you know,
1: just to, I'm. I'm. You know, there was that game against Texas State. They were playing in uh, Minute Maid Park, and man, Braxton mm-hmm. Fulford, the Monterey kid, just crushed two pitches. Uh, you've had Nate Rombach hit some big home runs. And Cal then, Conley geez, in
2: the field, man, has made some right, amazing catches. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> and then you know, Jace Young. I mean, the the young name uh, is is stellar once again. Just uh, yep. just you know, the, they're hitting the ball. The pitchers have stepped up. So and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, when they uh, that those. First two teams came in. They scored like 66 runs in four games. Home run and derby, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, then they're, they're coming back in some of these games. And Gonzaga, you know, had them on the ropes a yeah. couple of times. But, man, they came in late in the eighth inning
0: and got runs and, and won. All right. Well, uh, Texas Tech baseball this weekend again, 2 o'clock today. The next game, uh, Dan Law. Full Court Press.
4: Four questions, no hedging you on the record because it is the Full Court Press. Jeff. How many home runs will the Red Raiders hit versus UCOM in this four-game series?
0: All right. I know I keep overestimating things here. I'm going to say they're going to get four for the series.
4: Okay. Pete, Lady Raiders will win how many games next year?
1: Oh, you know, they had 10 this year. I think if Lexi Gordon and Vivian Gray come back, I'll, I'll bump it up to 16. Oh, wow. Oh. Jared, Red Raiders will
4: be a what seed when Selection Sunday releases?
2: Yeah, it's either five or six. I'm going to go with six.
4: Okay, for all three of you, what will be the surprising story we'll be talking between now
0: and the end of the year? Surprising sports story. Surprise! I'm, I'm going to say that there's going to be full capacity for football.
5: Wow! All
0: right,
1: Pete. Hey. Surprising story. I'm trying to. I know.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> red, red, red Raiders win eight games. Football? Oh, um. Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, even with the uh, bowl game, uh, we'll see oh, that. Yeah, we'll yeah.
2: see that. How about Ted goes to a bowl game? That
1: yeah, you would, what? I would I be that very would surprise surprised. a lot and of people. You know what? That would excite people. They right. need to get to a they bowl. They need
0: to get to a bowl. All right, you, you both like that? Yeah.
4: And that, my friends, is your full court press.